It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Socey. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday will be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. I have a gaggle of guests, ladies and gentlemen, and there's one who's late because he's the lead. That's all right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and the co-stars are laughing. Good. Right out the gate. So I guess we will start to uh, my left, which is great for radio, but I want <laughs> – who cares what side? Uh, but I want everybody to verbally sign in and what your function is, not conjunction junction. Uh, but we have the first folio production of Hamlet. I think we have half the cast here already. Uh, but anyway, let's let's go around the board. It's going to be like politically incorrect, only correct. So go ahead. I'm Glenn Dobbs, and I'm the director. I'm Devin Mathias. I'm playing Ophelia. I'm Erica Barker. I'm Gertrude. And I'm Tom Weingartner, and I'm playing Polonius. And I'm Matthew Sosi, and I'm hosting this thing. And apparently, apparently Carrie Shea's Hamlet will be coming sometime soon. We'll find out. But I love the fact that we have Ophelia, Gertrude, and Polonius. There's a Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and they all walk into a bar and screw in a light bulb. So anyway, they're, they're, their production of Hamlet is running May 27th through the 29th and June 3rd through the 5th. At Ben Davis High School, you can go to firstfolioproductions.org for more information, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, no, I am I am not going to discuss Neighbors 2. Aww. I didn't see it. I, you know what? I, well, you know, I, I did see the first one, so I can get these subtle nuances <laughs> of Zac Efron with no shirt. Take it <laughs> easy, gang. And, uh, and no, I did not see the Angry Birds movie. I'm afraid I, I didn't follow the game, so I will not get the subtle nuances of, of said game. <laughs> Uh, but there are three films of note opening this weekend that are definitely worth checking out. And probably starting at the top for me is the uh, detective comedy action film uh, the, the Nice Guys, which is co-written and directed by Shane Black, who knows a thing or two about buddy cop movies. And it stars uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Settle down, ladies. And a few guys. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, Russell, it's set in Los Angeles, 1977, where it's smoggy and there's Jaws 2 flyers and there's the Waltons on TV. Uh, these are all plot points <laughs> or details, whatever. But uh, but Russell Crowe plays Jackson Healy, uh, uh, a muscle for hire, and he uh, cross paths with Ryan Gosling, who plays Holland March, a detective not the brightest bulb in the lamp uh, or the or the drawer. So typecasting. Um, well, this he gets to do a lot of physical comedy in this one. This is uh, somebody I think the Onion referred to. It. He he is usually very pretty or brooding or both, and he's none of these in this. He uh, you know between the ridiculous facial hair and uh, you know drinking anything that's handed to him and a lot of falling down, but not of the Chris Farley sense of the word. But these are two guys that are forced to work together in searching of a, uh, a missing porn actress whose mother is played by Kim Basinger. Yeah, there's that. Uh, mm-hmm. Confidential reunion everybody was go. asking yeah. for. It's fun for the whole family. Yeah. If your family's in the 70s R rated detectives, are, she is shaking no. Probably not. Uh, our family says yes. So Actually, you're making me want to see this now Absolutely. when you say yeah. that. Well, it, got, it got a great review. Yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, and, and so it's it's kind of a 70s noir, and yeah, the clothes and the and the music's great, and the clothes are weird, whatever. Um, and, but there is, a, there is a connection between the porn industry and the auto industry, and somebody who grew up in Michigan. Thanks for that. Um, but but it, the 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 main crux of the film is the is the chemistry between Crow and Gosling, and they're really really fun together. I mean, Ryan Gosling gets like I said gets to do some physical comedy. Um, you know, I had to give him props for making fun of his sex symbol image in a film like Crazy Stupid Love, <laughs> and he gets he gets to go even further off the rails on this one. And Russell Crowe gets to. I, I, I had a friend who saw the film last night, and I still don't know if he is forgiven Crow for Les Mis. He's fine, <laughs> but but he does kind of make fun of his of his tough guy movie persona in this one. And a uh, special shout out to uh, I, thought, I hope I'm saying it right, Gary Rice, who plays um, who plays Gosling's daughter, and is kind of the, for lack of a better term, the tr- test true heart for you Dick Tracy fans. <laughs> uh, you know, she plays Gosling's daughter, who's also the third wheel that also helps out. Um, Shane Black is is best known. He he wrote, we talked earlier about buddy cop movies. He wrote all four Lethal Weapons, as well as The Monster Squad, The Last Boy Scout, The Long Kiss Goodnight. He of course wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, another oddball comedy film detective thriller with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, and the small little independent film known as Iron Man Three. <laughs> um, so he he knows his way around this. Is is it? Earth-shattering as far as the the detective plot line? No. Is there a character that's in this film barely enough but is a major factor? Yes. Um, you know, is, is everything going to turn out okay? Maybe. But it's fun just to watch these two guys work together and be fun. Um, this is one I was really looking forward to. Uh, and it's not even – well, it, I guess summer blockbuster movie season is like Christmas in department stores. It's it's. <laughs> I guess it started – Last month with uh, or recently with with Captain America, but this was one I was really anticipating, and it really delivers. So when you guys are taking a break from Elsinore Castle, <laughs> you can go see the nice guys. Does anybody at any point say I'm getting too old for this? No, or turn in your badge. No, although Keith David is in it, but he's a, he plays a hitman, but not the uh, not the old stodgy screamy uh, lieutenant. Okay, your your knowledge of '70s detective shows. <laughs> 
is duly noted. And yes, yeah, somebody, somebody, yeah, there's some Rockford file uh, you know, outfits going on uh-huh. in yeah. this picture as well. A lot of memories. Wow, swooning for James Garner I know. circa 75. We both were like Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, whatever, like, but whatever. then James Garner is like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Rockford Files theme song is one of my alarms in the morning. I love the Rockford Files. One of your alarms? I How many multiple. alarms do you have? Well, I'm also a teacher, so I have to wake up at like 5 in the morning. Good God, what do you teach? I Who teach, do you teach? <laughs> I teach high school students. Um, uh, acting, I know. Acting, and then English is a new language students. Where? Well. Hamilton Southeastern in Fishers. Okay, all yeah. right. So are they coming to see you? Some of them are. Okay. Which is a little, makes me a little nervous. Gosh, you're just like that in class. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> weeping, <laughs> and weeping and crawling yourself. On the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing, throwing it's flowers. It's very similar. Throwing, it's very similar. Throwing yeah, herbs exactly. to the cat. Yeah. Mrs. Matthias's class, yes. <laughs> nice. Okay, so that's, anyway, so there is that. Now, if uh, you want something of a smaller nature, um, there's, a, there's a drama out called A Bigger Splash. That uh, it reunites, I think this is for, for the fifth time, director Luca Guandanino and Tilda Swinton. Um, oh, I like Tilda. Yeah, this yeah. is yeah. Tilda does anything and everything because she can, um, even if she's not playing the right nationality, get off her back about uh, Doctor Strange. They offered it to her, she took it. Oh, she's perfect. Yes. Well, yeah. anyway, the, the bigger splash, re, uh, the last film I saw these two work together on was the extremely operatic I Am Love. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's kind of that. You have four folks. Um, Tilda Swinton plays a, an aging rock star who has to rest her voice. So she's hanging out in the south of Italy, rough rough rehab, <laughs> with her lover played by Matthias Schonartz, one of the great European that guys who I've really enjoyed in the last few years. And things get thrown for a loop when her ex-lover slash producer, played by a really manic Rafe Fine, shows up with his college-aged daughter, Played by uh, Dakota Johnson. Okay, you're right over there. <laughs> so uh, just people have told Tom over here that he resembles Ray Fiennes. With the uh, with oh the are we talking Grand Budapest Hotel Ray Fiennes? Yes, oh, yeah. that was uh, that was Halloween I this can year. See that. Oh really? <laughs> I got quite the purple blazer for it. Oh, Where? Uh, uh, Salvation Army, the only place that they still have purple blazers in stock. <laughs> did Did you have a lobby boy with you? <laughs> no, I I didn't think that far ahead. Oh, well, that's all right. But so long as all of your moves were completely centered and asymmetrical, like Wes Anderson films, <laughs> my color scheme was impeccable. <laughs> of course, it is. Good. Well, so anyway, he shows up with, with when and your daughter's Dakota Johnson, and they have a kind of weird. Billy Ray and Miley vibe about them as far as being comfortable with each other. That's weird. <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah, not that one. That one. Capital T, capital O. And so old feelings, old hardships. Um, it's. I, we were joking earlier about this, this interesting Thanksgiving. I think a Thanksgiving <laughs> with this quartet would be... All the ones. So there, there is a lot really fine performances from the four of them, especially Fines. I, I, I love Ray Fines, and especially after Grand Budapest Hotel, the man should be allowed to do more comedy mm-hmm. and allowed to do more comedy that's not made in Manhattan. And I like made in Manhattan, <laughs> um, but but the but he he's plays this manic, almost it seems like he's coked out of his gourd ball of energy. And there, there is a I will say there's a great example of he can pull this off. I am not a fan of the, the – you've seen these in the movies where the singer, the, the actor is, is mouthing along with the classic rock song or oldie song of choice. We've seen that. Stepmom, Stepmom. My Best Friend's Wedding. <laughs> all the, yeah, nobody in the restaurant breaks in the song unless you're in a damn musical. So, however, 
Rafe Fine's treatment of the song Emotional Rescue by the Rolling Stones is flat out fearless. So, and uh, it, it is not for everybody. Like I said, there's there's a lot of uncomfortable behavior amongst the four of them. You're going to see more of these four actors than you had before. Dakota Johnson was in Fifty Shades. So you yeah. see more of her. More of her. <laughs> I didn't see that, but I'm so so X X rays. You, you heard about it on the internet. I've right? heard enough. <laughs> I had to review it. You didn't have to. Oh. I know. Rough that must gig. have been a fun showing. Were you the only male in the audience? I rented it. Oh, oh okay. No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm not that. Uh-uh. I'm not hanging out in that. No, I think I, I remember I was like, I'm not seeing that in the theater. Um, I, I will review I anything decision. and everything else opens that weekend. I did have to sit through The Boy Next Door in a theater. That's not fun. And I sat through Magic Mike in the theater. <laughs> That was funny. That was funny because there. I think. I think the office productivity in around the country just plummeted the morning that opened because a lot of people took days off of work, and they went in groups. Like a national holiday. Kind of <laughs> like a national holiday. However, at the end they were grumbling because there was this thing because it was a Steven Soderbergh film. It was dialogue and character development. That's <laughs> you know, strange. And, that right. And uh, so the, I, I thought they there were a lot of ladies that I think and a few dudes that wanted to have the. Magic Mike experience without the cover, the two-drink minimum, and the walk of shame. <laughs> well, they got a little of that, but apparently not enough. Anyway, None of them have heard of the internet, apparently. I, <laughs> they wanted, you, like, 3D. Anyway. <laughs> I thought that was XXL. But anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah, you see, is there a lot of skin in a bigger splash? Yes, there is. The acting is really good. Um, you're you're kind of waiting for the cinematic sh- a shoe, to, uh, other shoe to drop, and... Like I, I described earlier as the film I Am Love as an operatic feel to it because it is emotionally heightened. And I think that that might turn a lot of people off. I think some of the films of Francis Coppola are operatic, if you think about The Godfather and The Outsiders and, and uh, even something like One from the Heart. So anyway, I really enjoyed it. It's not for everybody, but who cares? So that, anyway, that is in theaters as well. And I, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Matthias Schoenarts. And, and he was, he's one of those that guys. And you'll... Ladies, you'll Google image and you'll see why. Uh, but but the things I got to know him for was uh, Bullhead, which I know was the first thing he became really famous for year, um, uh, across the pond. But he was also in Rust and Bone with Marion Cotillard. Um, he was in The Lo- uh, the Drop with uh, Tom Hardy. Um, the last, the latest film version of Far From the Madding Crowd, he played the farmer. And uh, he was he was Hans in The Danish Girl. So just a really impressive set of choices and films over the years. And, and, and so he's, he's quite good in this. Finally, of the three I've seen, and I guess this is, this is bronze, and that's really not a bad place to be compared to the other two. But um, it's a comedy called The Meddler. And it, it's the one that stars Susan Sarandon oh, yeah. as the uh, – well, she sounds a lot like Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. Rose, but that's Rose a, Byrne. Is Rose it? Byrne plays yeah. her daughter. I love cinematic gene pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, mom, mom is uh, – dad is dead. Mom has moved to L.A. and, and, and is going to smother her daughter's life. And anybody who crosses her path, whether it's the guy at the iPhone store or a friend of her daughter's who wants to have a proper uh, lesbian wedding. And, uh, who doesn't? I, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so it's, it's – so those who also, – also involved in the film, J.K. Simmons, Cicely Strong, Lucy Punch, Jason Ritter, Michael McKeon, all come off the bench and come off really well. The first ten minutes of the film I was really concerned because I thought it was going to be one of those bad Diane Keaton mother smother movies. And it does have that feel at the beginning. You're grinning because you know it's true. 
stop doing films with Mandy Moore. Um, <laughs> no, it's not her fault. But uh, but Sarandon, of course, is getting her getting her uh, fingers in everybody's business. And once we get past that, and she establishes the relationships, um, you know, Sarandon's quite good with the material. I think a, a less less experienced or less nuanced actress would make this woman intolerable to watch for for an hour and forty minutes. It, for me, it really kicks in when she gets scenes with J.K. Simmons, who's channeling his inner Sam Elliott in this as a uh, mustachioed retired police officer who uh, – Sarandon's character accidentally walks onto a movie set as an, and she winds up being an extra. And, of course, he's retired, so he's playing security. But they have some really, really nice scenes together. And uh, even when the 14-year-old gets giddy over people over the age of 60 having love scenes in, TV, in, in movies, I think that's a sign of a, a, a great sign of a film. Um, but but Byrne also gets to do more, hopefully more in the second half of the film than just be the exasperated daughter. Um, so anyway, it's it's a fun film. It's very predictable, but the performances are really good, um, especially like I said from Sarandon and Simmons. And uh, and I think this was my my daughter's follow up for J.K. Simmons after Whiplash. So nice contrast there. So those are three films definitely worth checking out, especially on Mondays when you guys have a break, right? Uh, Monday's tech rehearsal. So no. Okay, next week. <laughs> after, we after, after we open. open. After you Memorial open. Day. Right, of course, after you open. So, all right, so, yeah. uh, so again, <laughs> Hamlet is opening May 27th. It runs through the 29th as well as June 3rd and 5th at Ben Davis High School. You go to firstfolioproductions.org for more information. So now, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, yes, you can uh, mark your calendars on this one. Uh, Keystone Arts, the the art cinema up on the north side, you know, the one with the real butter and the one with the bar. Um, <laughs> they have announced their midnight movie series starting June 3rd and 4th. So, sorry, guys. June, <laughs> I know. June 3rd and 4th, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, that's great. Actually, we could go after the show. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's at midnight. So. How, long, how long is Hamlet? It is as long it's, as it it's takes. A, this it's is a, a super Hamlet. short one. This is only running about two and a half hours. For Hamlet, that's not. That's, this is uh, that's the a, Laurence Olivier cut, not the Kenneth Branagh. Cut. That's a tight. That's a tight <laughs> click. That's there good. Go. So, oh okay, good. Now, actually, there's an. Now, there's your event. There's your post-show event. Yeah. Go see the Wall with the cast of Hamlet. That was actually the first midnight movie I ever saw. The Wall. Say what? That was the first midnight movie I ever saw. Pink Floyd's The Wall back in the late eighties. In nineteen eighty two. When I was two. Where? Yes, yes. Very, <laughs> very good. Where did you see it? I don't remember. Wow, I Sorry. saw that. No, I was I was twelve. I saw that with my. I talked my dad into taking me to see that. But that's that's from. Of course, that's an Alan Parker film. This is the same guy that gave us the commitments and fame and Avita, and and he made this. So anyway, <laughs> that is June third through the fourth. June 10th and 11th, Walter Hill's, uh, I think it's a classic, The Warriors, the gang drama from 1979. Uh, June 17th and 18th, uh, in Japanese with English subtitles, Akira, for you anime fans. June 24th and 25th, the quote-along and sing-along version of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. (laughs) Um, don't be surprised if if Spamalot breaks out during that. I thought every showing of that was the quote along sing along, <laughs> just not is. officially. Yeah, I guess officially. So yeah, I don't know if there's going to be bouncing balls, on, you know, like these <laughs> sing along versions of Grease or Sound of Music. But anyway, we'll see. Um, July first and second, the thirtieth anniversary. I don't know if it's the thirtieth, if it's a new print, uh, but good timing for especially it to be earlier this year. Uh, Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Oh, I remember oh. that. Yes. Where David Bowie and I had one thing in common. We both pretended to stalk young Jennifer Connelly. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Terrible. Uh, Ju- July 8th and 9th, this is Spinal Tap. 
Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Movie. I think yeah. we should all go for that. Yeah, as a followed by Waiting for Guffman. I, I, yeah, we're trying. I remember showing this to Emma, and she's like, "Dad, these guys are stupid." I'm like, yeah. That's the point, dear. So, That's the of um, July fifteenth and sixteenth, Roadhouse. <laughs> Hurts, don't All it? Right. Pain don't hurt. You were seven when that came out, right? Exactly. Yes. So anyway, that's July 15th and 16th. July 22nd and 23rd is the last one. And I'm really excited for this because it kind of, I didn't see this one coming. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the one, one Bond film, film with George Lazenby. Exactly this is the right. one after Connery, before uh, Diamonds Moore. Are Forever, before that. Um, George Lazenby didn't have a chance in hell, but he's really good in this. And it's a solid film. And your Bond girl is Diana Rigg. Actually, Bond woman. Let's let's not quibble <laughs> over that. So anyway, that is July 22nd and 23rd. Um, mark your calendars for the IMA as far as their uh, summer series. Um, let's see. What, uh, June uh, 24th. Wait a minute. This, um, yeah, June 24th, Army of Darkness. Oh. Your, with your boomstick. So, and then Friday the first, Friday July first. Uh, remember the Titans. So, I, I think Hamlet's in the building. So, uh, you know, we're going to take a short break, and we'll talk with Hamlet. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. Well, we'll talk with everybody about Hamlet, and uh, we'll talk about what's on DVD and Blu-ray and a documentary I just recently watched and a dead person we like because we don't have time for dead people we don't like. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Welcome back to the Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocy, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosi. Yes, the show is so good, it has two Tommy Wiseau show IDs. That's how the show rolls. Okay, we have an update. Um, I'm, I'm here with the cast and director of uh, First Folio's production of Hamlet, which is running May 27th through the 29th and June 3rd through the 5th at Ben Davis High School, firstfolioproductions.org for more information, and Hamlet has finally arrived. <laughs> there were some pirates to deal with on the way here. What does Roberto Clemente have to do with anything? <laughs> Very nice. So, uh, Hamlet, would you verbally sign in, please? Tell people who you are and you're playing Hamlet. Oh, my name is Carrie Shea, and 
I am playing Hamlet. Yes, and we were talking about you earlier, okay. moody little, not teenager, but you're younger Harry, than Richard. Not Hamlet. You're Harry, y- not yeah. Hamlet. Yeah. yeah, and you're younger than Richard Burton, so there is that. So. Um, okay, so you know what? I've, I'm going to skip through what's on DVD and Blu-ray because I didn't see The Witch, and really nobody needs to rent Dirty Grandpa. I saw it. You didn't have to. I hope De Niro's check cleared. Um, <laughs> I did hear The Witch was good. I know. I've heard it's a really smart horror film. It is not your your dumb teenager thing. I just I didn't see it, so I can't review stuff I haven't seen. Other people do that. No, no, that's not true. Uh, but there are a couple of old titles on uh, DVD and Blu-ray worth checking out. Um, if you're a fan of the 40s Warner Brothers crime dramas, there's a Dark Passage with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. This is the one that's directed by Delmer Daves, and this is uh, uh, he plays uh, Humphrey Bogart plays a guy who's escaped from prison. He's in there for apparently murdering his wife, but he's now trying to clear his name with the help of a mysterious stranger played by Lauren Bacall because he's Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> He can hit Lauren Bacall. But the film is also known because this is, especially in the the first half of the film, a lot of handheld camera work and from the point of view of of, uh, uh, Bogart's character, whose face was bandaged um, due to an accident. So anyway, very cool, very different. And then um, the, the 1968 camp film Candy, based on the Terry Southern novel, this is where uh, a satire – this is according to uh, the descriptions, but it's a satire of stories that you would see in uh, adult fiction, I should say. And it's a woman who is the object of a myriad of old, weird guys like Richard Burton, Marlon Brando, Ringo Starr, Walter Matthau, James Coburn, and John Huston. Wow. It was 1968. It's very, very loosely based on Voltaire's Candide. Thank you. Historic. Check out the historical reference right there. Nice. Yeah, it's it's uh, have a few cocktails before watching this. It's fun bad. Maybe maybe Landmark should show it at midnight if they can't get a copy of the room. So anyway, those are the titles on DVD and Blu-ray. There you go. Okay. Hamlet. So I want to go across the room. Everybody is this how many times or say is this your first time working on this on this particular play? Anybody? Uh it's the first time that our company has done this play. Yeah. Okay, and so everybody, everybody's, everybody's making their Hamlet debut in this. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I one of my first shows in Indianapolis, what out of out of college was Young Hamlet, which Hoosier Bard did about five years, five six years ago. Okay, um, and I was Marcellus and the Player King, and that's so why I shared some some stage time with Hamlet. But okay, definitely right. first time. Hamlet. Well, if that counts, then um, so does <laughs> <laughs> so does Lou Harry's The Pied Piper of Hoboken ah, that I was in at Fringe Fest yep. the summer before last, and I was Gertrude Lou. in that as well. So it was just a dry run, I guess, for the real thing. Then um, I didn't even think of it. Uh, we've done Fleetworks Shakespeare Bridge uh, yep. several times, so you can say we've done all of Hamlet and Hamlet backwards. There you go. I was a giraffe in The Lion King. There you go. Um, <laughs> one time. So, so think about that. Fine. Um, I got that. I got that. Uh, the first play I ever directed is one I wrote called Yearning for Dogberry. And when I knew the play was going to happen, it was at Comedy Sports. I self-indulgently wrote myself a monologue as a Hollywood mogul if, uh, if Hamlet were pitched today. So it would be set in. It it would be probably set in Miami because nobody knows where the hell Denmark is. And if it's not Miami, Vancouver, because that could be any place, and it's cheaper, and it's Canadian. And this was two thousand and one. 
when I did it. So no, 2002. So uh, Pierce Brosnan was going to play it um, because he's sort of English. Um, <laughs> and then John Woo was going to direct it because um, that would go up against, I think, at that time, Michael Bay's romantic drama set at 9-11. And uh, and the monologue ends. This other this Billy, because you know you're you're a studio executive. You call the the writer Billy. Um, you know this other script. You have Othello. Let me ask you: Does he have to be black? <laughs> so there, there. Everybody has their own Hamlet connection now. Very good. <laughs> so I guess I'm I'm just going to open it up. I you know I've seen several different productions of Hamlet. I'm sure as all of you have. Um, how is this one standing out compared to the others that we have encountered? Well, this one has a steampunk element to it in the costume design as well as the set design. So a lot of watch parts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sprayed right. watch parts. Cool. So it, so it has a very dramatic look that I think sets it apart from the others. And this is one of the more concise uh, productions of it. Yeah, that's something that I've really seen as a defining feature as compared to some that I've seen in the past. Um, the conciseness really makes each scene just so packed. Um I mean, not that there's not gold in every minute of a four-hour version of it, but I think that uh, as we're just watching scene to scene, um, each scene just is a big high point in and of itself, and so it really keeps the pace moving, uh, keeps you on the edge of your seat. So I think it's uh, accessible in a certain way, um, but still keeping the original language because, you know, why bother? Mm -hmm. And it's a smart cut, too, I think, because... uh, And and you might say controversial because there are a few things that are left out that I think... Such I mean, as, do you want to say? Oh, go ahead. Uh, the biggest one I when I read it when he pitched the to be or to not me. to be is not in it. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, he, he just sits there. I actually I have no soliloquies. He just <laughs> he just sit, he just stands I there. Mime, he's, he's, I mime he's the whole talking thing. about we we cut we cut Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Well, they're dead. They are dead. <laughs> <laughs> they, are dead. they were they were killed by by Stoppard and his army. No, the, so. the attempt was the attempt was made to try to make it as Tom well put it as uh, uh, we stick true to the plot and keep things moving very yeah. quickly to make it accessible. And Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are about a forty five minute diversion out of the plot. And I would argue say. that Stoppard and his army brought them to life because I agree. other than that play. That's the play that would people you, think that they're so cool. And that's a great play. Right. It is. And they're great in that. Would, would you rather come off the bench in Hamlet or be on the starting squad in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern exactly. Dead? Right. And exactly. you get I, – I say we were talking about it, Like you, you lose one – you lose one really nice scene in particular with, uh, with uh, the flute. flute. Right. Um, which shows some nice stuff. But largely it is a distraction. I mean it is a bit of a distraction. And those characters are so popular because of what's come after um, more than I think the play itself. And Agreed. and and the lack of Hamlet monologues. Right. No, no, we can't right. all it's, it's just him going. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can't see it, but I'm, I'm in a glass box right now. Right. <laughs> okay. So the other thing was, and um, I, I got to see, of course, uh, a, a couple of Shakespeare shows last year, and so for, I was surprised for to see, Bardfest, right? Know, for okay. Bardfest, and so I was I was slightly confused. So now I heard that it was being done at Ben Davis High School because. You know, Bardfest was very close and in your face, and you didn't have to worry about a set. And hey, this is a bench, and that's all there is to it. Um, how big is the stage at Ben Davis? I, I was told you guys oh. have the JV stage. Let me uh, <laughs> let me let me jump in on that because um, there's something I would be really remiss if I didn't. Uh, First Folio has been around for a little while, and we we basically do two shows a year. We do the Bardfest show in, in the uh, in the fall, and then we do our our so called larger show at the Ben Davis. Last year we were there for Much Ado, and uh, then this year uh, we're doing Hamlet there. 
but uh, Wayne Township Community Theater from the Wayne Township Education Foundation are the people that are generously allowing us to use this particular uh, theater. And the reason why I wanted to mention that is their foundation works very hard to come up with innovative programs for education for the students. So all the proceeds from this great show all go to support that particular foundation. And they have all kinds of fascinating programs they do to, for the kids that is above and beyond what the kids are normally able to get. And so it's a real privilege for us not only to work in this beautiful theater, but also to help support this very worthy foundation. Um, and what we tried to do with this is when we did Much Ado last year, we had an extremely, and you know it because you did it at Richmond. Uh, the, uh, I'm you. sitting across from Benedict here. Yeah, very oh, good. Yes, uh, let's he all, brought we're, it up. We're now, we're, now all, we're now all bowing appropriately. Exactly. Please don't. Uh, the, uh, no, but we, we, we had set that in a, uh, an English pub, and it was just an extremely large stage, almost musical kind of stage. Yep. And what we tried to do with this one is we tried to bring the entire, entire uh, play very much forward to kind of capture a lot of that intimacy that you saw with Bardfest, at the same time taking advantage of this wonderful technological theater with all these wonderful lights. So we have an amazing set designer. We have a great lighting designer. We have our costumer is, is, is bar none, one of the best in town. And uh, so it creates, not only we have the benefit of the big theater with all the bells and whistles, but we also have the intimacy of really powerful theater with these wonderful actors. Cool. Okay, so um, I guess now it's funny because uh, you, you mentioned uh, I'm in the Shameless Plug Department. The, the Richmond Shakespeare Festival is happening in June. Uh, my lovely, Starring Matthew Sosie. No, 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 not this year, not this year, no. Uh, my, my wife, uh, the, the visually stunning Lynn Perkins, is directing Comedy of Errors. Oh, and they are, they are also doing steampunk. And it was funny because um, a lot of the actors want steampunk, but they're not sure exactly what it is. So oh. we, we jokingly say it's clock parts and metal and it's more of a thing. concept right you know. I, I did a production of uh of sherlock holmes that had steampunk and i'm like yeah it's a lot of clock pieces so it pretty much is uh, one of the things that happened for us is we got very lucky there's a local steampunk society here in town called right. the circle city aerodrome society and uh we reached out to them and they willingly came forward and said we would love to help you and so what we try to to keep is the wonderful more 2000 Leagues Under the Sea, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Jules Verne kind of uh, rich colors and, and context kind of, and, and less of the of um, uh, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, uh, you know, uh, Harley Quinn from the Joker kind of. Oh, I was saying, or, or Hamlet with his shirt open and the wind flying. Yeah, exactly. You were talking Harley well, Quinn novels. Yeah, well, we, we've got that because because Carrie said he wouldn't do it without a shirt open. So to wear a shirt. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the McConaughey clause in his contract. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was the thing we did. And then so we have some of those elements, but we also have just the, the color palette is just really rich. Okay. And, uh, so it's really kind of a fun thing to do. I have to ask, what's the what's the mom son relationship like in this one? Oh, it's not it's not wow. <laughs> I would say it's so not it's not, it's not a bigger splash like we were talking about. Or edible? is it? <laughs> it's not Tennessee Williams's Hamlet? Well, I mean it definitely it, it is I would say somewhere in between the John Gilgood um, <laughs> version and which there was like no contact. It was two people standing 40 feet apart from each other reciting the lines, I think. Also at and, Ben Davis uh, High School. <laughs> <laughs> other more Oedipal ones. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's definitely, I think that there's a hint there of some, some right. you know, that Hamlet is jealous, maybe not just totally. You're not my dad. Yeah. <laughs> only, only, <laughs> exactly. only better written. 
Uh, so there's a little tension there, but I wouldn't say it doesn't, I, I don't know if it defines the relationship. And I think ultimately by the end, um, it is more about them, you know, their filial relationship. <laughs> it's, it's not Glenn Close and Mel Gibson. No. Where she was five when she had Hamlet, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, he, she she was nine years older than Mel Gibson. Well, something like that. Or she is. No, not what's was, well, is, no. I, I well, there's you know, are, are some of our favorite cinematic gene pools, of course. Uh, uh, Angela Lansbury, who apparently was nine when she had Lawrence Harvey in The Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. Not to mention being nine when she had Elvis in Blue Hawaii. Yeah, uh, yeah, the other fun true. story is my, the last time my wife played Mrs. Cratchit IRT, she must have been nine. It was Dickens, when she had Martha, and it was great because the next year the actress playing Martha. Played Mrs. Cratchit. Oh. <laughs> so, so I think Lawrence Olivier was actually slightly older than his Gertrude. Which very well could be. And then and the woman who played Cary Grant's mother in North by Northwest was younger. So it's it's all it's all it's, it's all, all relative. It's, it's all, all relative. And, and and lighting, <laughs> yeah. so um I would be interest, interested to hear Carrie's take on it. Please. Because we haven't really discussed it. Now now <laughs> comes the therapy session. Yes. Um well for my my approach um, for both of my relationships with the women in the show, because Hamlet has not always been my favorite character to begin with, because it's it's hard. Oh my to god! What are you talking about? <laughs> it's hard to understand a lot of his motivation, and 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 Glenn and I have gone back and forth a lot of times on our own interpretations and what the interpretation for the show is. But for me, I really think that it is these are the two women. These being Ophelia and Gertrude are the two women in his life, the only women in his life. Probably. And they're the closest people to him, you know, as a child, probably growing up with Ophelia. As, you know, and maybe Gertrude was younger, not that young, but maybe a younger mother. Um, And that both of them betray him in the show. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Ophelia, not by her own malice or anything like that, but but by her own choice, as we we see it. Um, And for Gertrude, you know, marrying so quickly after his... Um, father died, and then finding out that his father was murdered, and you know, and all that. Right. So he, the misogyny that that I think Hamlet displays comes from that the two people closest to him, the two women closest to him, within a day of each other betray him, and so that's that's where I find the relationship. And then I do think that we do we do repair uh, Gertrude and I repair our relationship, and then he certainly Ophelia goes people. into the drink, and then <laughs> yeah. Say so now, how do you, how do you how do you tackle Ophelia? Because that's we've seen many productions where, like, God, why is he with her? Yes, yeah, because yeah, right out of the gate, she is not a happy camper. Um, I there's not a lot there. There's not a lot of background information, and so we spent some time creating kind of what we thought the relationships might be. More than just being the girl, capital the girl. T, capital right. G. Right. Well, and right. that's boring. I don't right. think that's that's not exciting for anyone to do or watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Well, I think, yeah. uh, yeah, I think, uh, okay. I think uh, one thing... Um, that they're both alluding to, or all three of them are alluding to, is uh, that we discovered as we began to do this play is that this is a uh, a play with multiple choices that you can make. Sure. And um, if you go back through the history of the various different plays that are done, you think of uh, Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. You think of Richard Burton's Hamlet. You think of uh, John Gielgud's Hamlet. Uh, and all of these are different choices that are made. And some of these choices, Ophelia is a... Uh, um, a, a, a very 
very one-dimensional character. Kind of and a other, wilting flower. Exactly, yeah. And, Hamlet, and, and, what are what are you thinking now? Yeah, and now, exactly. and now. Why are you acting weird? Yeah. Why'd you kill my dad? Oh, yeah. my God. And, and, and that's, I think, that's everyone in Hamlet. Yeah. Just asking, <laughs> asking him what Why he thinks now. Uh, the guy playing Horatio, I just look at him sometimes because we have these long scenes, and he says three words between my, like, 60 and that sounds like I'm I'm not bragging like it's it's frustrating stating, like give me a little fact. bit more yeah. give me a little bit more and it's just it is that like now Hamlet what do you think meanwhile my, meanwhile Tom is just waiting in the closet wondering is he, he is, is he here yet is he is here it yet is time to get stabbed I, oh, sorry spoilers my, my bad oh. <laughs> for everyone who hasn't seen it yet I, I think after like 400 years, years there's yes yeah. exactly yeah I'm afraid we can't help you and, and you know what soil and green is people okay just get over it I say what what is is there a, is, do you get a special steampunk weapon to be on the receiving end of uh, Tom <laughs> just a good old fashioned sword that'll do ya old school very good <laughs> you I'm just so- can't do better than swords, I think. And actually, the the final duel is done Florentine style. So with an Alfredo sauce? <laughs> no, exactly, no, sorry, exactly. Sorry. That's what I thought. It's a, they have a weapon in each hand, so our production could actually be directed by John Woo. They really could. Um, yeah. But yeah, we release Doves. I was saying, it's Doves in slow motion is re- and <laughs> Olivia Newton-John singing so Wizard of Oz exciting. ballads. It's weird. <laughs> so. Look it up. It actually happens. So, yeah. I, 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 oh, God. John Woo's Hamlet. That would be one for the days. So, um, Well, cool. So, and, and how big a cast? Because I know you can do double, triple, quad. We're, uh, it's 11 in the cast. Okay, 11 in the cast. And the original production has 42, Uh-oh. I think, or somewhere around that. <laughs> you know, it goes on and on and on. Uh, no, but one of the things, uh, you know, Tom, Tom does is uh, Tom, well, he can explain it better, but Tom brings a whole you know, this choice of is Polonius in on the whole plot? Is he not in on the plot? Uh, he has this wonderful choice he makes with uh, uh, above all else to thy own self be true. Or please, various different things like that. It's really some interesting thing, choices that he makes during the show. And, and all of these really wonderful actors have, have really embraced it and made it their own. And uh, that's what's really very exciting. So for the record, Polonius is not coming in going only only better written. No, He's he, more of a menacing Polonius, I think, than the like goofy Polonius. Hi, guy. Hamlet, what you reading yeah. there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. It it just feels more real, and the stakes are higher. Yeah, he's funny with uh, with Gertrude and Claudius because he's sort of you know I got his this. bosses, but right. but when he's alone with his kids, he's kind of menacing. Yeah, it's interesting. He's not very nice to me either. <laughs> well, why would he? <laughs> you yeah, never I, bring her home on time. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, there's part of his character that can be a little bit difficult to gauge when he is being menacing versus when he just won't stop talking. <laughs> and uh, I think that that was a, a for a time it was understandable why some play him as this just fool who's old and just doesn't get what's going on and kind of past it. But I think that what was um, somewhat unfortunately a good thing for me to research was actual politicians and right. considering the ways um, the things that you hear that you just think to yourself how could they possibly be saying this and then take themselves so seriously and I realized that was my entire character and so just um, going from there and uh, and then of course the relationship that he has with his uh, with his son and daughter is uh, something that brings out the human side of him and 
uh, possibly for worse. So are you saying Polonius is standing over a banner that says mission accomplished, <laughs> even, even though it wasn't? Oh, he's that he's one who understands subtlety that's really well. That's actually. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you know what the back of our set was? <laughs> you know what? Your pledge dollars at work right there here. You go. So, there you go. Well, cool. Is this, see, this, oh, this is fun. Because um, I, I, I say, how many... Uh, I want to go around the board. How many different productions of Hamlet have you seen live on stage? Oh, because what's well, I think what's what's great about Shakespeare is you know we, we talked earlier about the the cutting, and uh, but there's also and you know but the look the style the directorial choices the acting choices you know I've seen probably six different Hamlets done six at, different at ways least, and least. that's the beauty of it is that it can be done different ways if you apply yourself to it so at least at least a half a dozen half a dozen yeah. I know I've seen two for sure okay good I'd say two as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen two productions of it on stage. Okay. Yeah, I think that the acting up one was the most recent one that I saw, and that was three. Three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you just had to pull out in front there at the end. Huh? Hamlet wins. I will say I, I saw it in. <laughs> always, no, no, it's, I think I, no, I think between <laughs> this between this and the relationship between wife, it is everybody loves Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and nobody loves Hamlet. <laughs> oh, we get it. <laughs> Well, I'm, I have to be biased because I'm married to the most beautiful Gertrude on earth. So there you go. Hello. I call her the Shakespearean MILF only because she lets me. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. No, she just pats me on the head and gives me a cookie and says, "Go over there." So <laughs> MILF and cookies. Oh, oh. So you, can say, you can say that. That's okay. I think I think we have a new the instead of the red ha- instead of the red hat society, we have the Gertrude Society. We just go out for cosmos and attitude. I wanted to mention um, the uh, you've been around enough the theater in town to know we were really fortunate to bring in Scott Russell's our fight choreographer, Woo. and I, I'm telling you, he's put together a, a fight at the end of this thing that is just uh, for the ages. It is really, it is really something to see. It's brutal. And in slow motion with doves. No, no doves. Okay. No, no so the first night that we all we saw it, we yeah. were like genuinely reacting. Like, then was oh. like, that's perfect. Keep that. Just keep doing it that way. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were like, oh. Somebody's <laughs> going to lose something. Yeah. I, I do have a bruise. I guess you do can, you? It's, it's, it's kind of going away. I it's on the shoulder, which is good for radio. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's tugging at his shirt. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, going away. Oh, Thank yeah. you. It was like, it was, it was a week ago. See, he's always trying to open his shirt. So. I know. It's the, it's the clause in the contract. So, <laughs> see, now, afterwards, of course, if, you, if you're fans of uh, Jaws, you can, you can do the, the bruise scene, you know, the Indeed. scars. Yeah, so, yeah, very nice. Um, okay, I want <laughs> this is fun. I, w- I wish the show was more than an hour. Um, have you guys heard of, speaking of Kenneth Branagh, we talked about it because he, he did the, the full version. The one and only time I actually bought movie tickets over the phone, and I've I've never been on I've been on I've been on phone shorter with friends contemplating suicide, <laughs> alone waiting for those tickets. It was it was saw it in Chicago, and it was like a rock concert. But uh, but anyway, but do you know his other Shakespearean film, A Midwinter's Tale? Yes, I do. It is find yeah. it. It is I think it's I available it. on Warner Archives. You I should really show it. it to him when it's all when yeah. it's all said. It is a fun fun Valentine. To Hamlet, the yeah. process, yeah. and yeah, somebody. I think some critic referred to it as Spinal Tap for the Shakespeare it crowd, <laughs> um, because it's a story of uh, of a guy who's been wanting to put on Hamlet, and he does it in December, and of course, everybody he casts already don't have an acting gig lined up in December. So you know, a, a drag queen is playing Gertrude, and Ophelia is blind as a bat, and 
you know, it, and they do it in a dilapidated church in the middle of nowhere. But but it, it is so fun. And it's what he did. He did it after Frankenstein and before Hamlet. Little black and white picture. Uh, yes, there is the montage of the goofy auditions, which none of us ever have done. Um, but but it, but it's a lot of fun. So and what's really fun about the picture is uh, you get all that crazy comedy, and then in the midst of it, you get these wonderful little monologues that are just the genius of the whole play comes out. And it goes back to the comedy again, you know. With it. Yeah. So it's really really a fun piece. Yeah. Um, film or theater doesn't matter. Um, what was your first experience with Shakespeare? Oh, Go across Henry, the board. Henry V, Kenneth Branagh, Henry V. Really? Yeah, that that was the one that always sticks in my mind as my absolute favorite. I, I saw the, I saw the, uh, of course, the Olivier and uh, you know Hamlet and like we all did in school, you know things like that. But but Henry V is what really woke me up like crazy. I'm gonna have to bring the, I have to find you a copy of this. I, earlier this year, I directed a 68 minute radio production of Henry V. Really. Yeah, I have a friend in Richmond who is a history buff. It's her favorite play, and oh, we were wonderful. able we were able to whittle it down mm-hmm. and make sense. And twelve actors, thirty seven speaking roles. That's fantastic. And we did it for radio on in Wayne County. So uh, mine has to be Macbeth. I could sit and. And you can friends. say it in the studio. It's yes. fine. Scottish play, Scottish play. Yes. You can say it in the theater, Thank too. you. Yeah, actors are neurotic <laughs> enough. Great. You don't need I, that. Great. So. We only open in a week. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, see, Again, there's always going to be at least one person. That's why I don't do it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could sit and talk about that show for hours. I just, I think it's... Um, did you it's see the so Fassbender? Michael, Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard. It it's on video. Sit down and yeah. I well, yeah, you've been busy. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, digging, you're gathering flowers. That's, I'm, that's I'm a rough trying, game. You, know, you should know Devin's also doing Bat Boy down at Theater on the Square at the same time yes, too. So, so yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that closes. How's that Saturday. transition going? Um, they're oddly similar. <laughs> like it's very strange. I feel like Bat Boy is just Hamlet dialed up to like. <laughs> 8,000%. It's Hamlet only in 10s, is what you're saying. <laughs> it goes, you know what? It goes to 11. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you if, go. But there then maybe go. if Ophelia was like a golden retriever puppy, that's kind of how I feel about it. Because she's just like. So you're, you're, you're attached to his, She's right. She's right. I've seen the show. See, she's, <laughs> she's attached to your leg? What is that? Uh, no, no. In Bad Boy, oh, she's okay, bad right. boy. Puppy. Yeah. I, so it's like a similar role. I play Shelly, and it's a very similar role to Ophelia, kind of, in the structures of the play. And. But she's uh, intelligence is not one of her her <laughs> strengths. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, this wasn't my first Shakespeare, but this was the one that made me that I that I claim made me want to um, pursue theater and do Shakespeare specifically. Um, is Midsummer Night's Dream? I got to see it at Navy Pier, and Ooh. I was I was in eighth grade, and yep. like I cried. I was laughing so hard at flute. Yes. You know, and flute, I say flute, that role is what made me want to do theater. And then Midsummer Stream was the first, like, real production that I was actually ever in, like, in high school. I don't know if that's real, but I mean, like, like, that was the first thing I was in. And so, you know, it's like the Velveteen Rabbit, if if you believe it's real. So (laughs) it's okay. And I've been in three productions, and anytime I get a chance, I try and be in a production. It's just, it's timeless, and it, it shows that it's the easiest thing that shows that Shakespeare still is important and still matters and still. Makes you just laugh till you cry. Exactly right. I think that the first Hamlet production that I ever saw all the way through was, in fact, the Zeffirelli Hamlet. Uh, I saw it when it came out. Nineteen ninety. Uh, yeah, I was. In, I was. In, we were in college. <laughs> so, um, and I think because I had read it in high school and so forth, 
And I didn't, I mean, some kids really hated it, and I didn't hate it, but there were always these copious footnotes to explain to you, this is yeah. what that means. And I found that really tedious. Yeah, there's a lot of, as, as much as I hate to say it, there's a lot of English teachers that I think wreck Shakespeare. Uh, we, in my, in my high school, it was, uh, she brought out the nine record set of Hamlet with Gielgud. Mm. And, yeah, I know. And, and, of course, it was, drop the needle, we get through the opening scene, she lifts the needle, and we start to break it down. And I kept fighting. and say, can you just play the whole side of the record? <laughs> and, and then we can break it. But I, I'm not a teacher, so there is, there is that. So, so uh, that was the first time that I realized that you didn't need footnotes uh, if you had good actors who already understood the text. Right. And they were able to convey that to you. You didn't have to have stuff explained to you. You knew exactly what was going on. And then the following year, I think, is when the film version of uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, Our Dead, came out. And yep. so Hamlet was fresh in my mind, and I saw that, and I was just blown away. I was like, this is fantastic. And that was stuff. a very pretty good time when this was, you know, because there, there always has to be a dead author du jour in Hollywood. <laughs> and uh, and Shakespeare had that briefly before it went to Jane Austen and Edith Wharton. So, <laughs> and it, it came back in the latter half of the 90s. So, yeah, there's your film reference history for the day. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, a, uh, I have a distinct memory in seventh grade of uh, mispronouncing the word bosom as a uh, as bosom while trying to read Midsummer, so that actually just scared me away from anything theater or Shakespeare related. In case you didn't need to be laughed at anymore in seventh grade, that was uh, that was pretty harrowing. But uh, but somehow I made the recovery to get where I am. Now. And and you did the you, and you blamed it on the bosom nova. <laughs> That's right. Don't you pledged. have like a rim shot sound effect to put in there? I or? do, but I you know hosting and engineering at the same time. It's like chewing gum and walking. I'm from Michigan, of course. Um, so, yeah, that's a thing. All right. Uh, again, once again, uh, First Filet-O Productions of Hamlet is May 27th through the 29th and June 3rd through the 5th at Ben Davis High School. You can watch them get their steps in. Stage is huge. It's like the Rolling Stones in concert. Can we yes? just mention that actually on the race day Sunday, tickets are half price. So if you didn't get tickets to the race, come and see Hamlet. Hey, you know, for half price. Indianapolis is the never-ending thing where sport and art are, <laughs> are they're 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 kind of arms are locked together, but one is always nudging the other, and they're not so sure they like it. They nudge it because they like. It. Yeah, we're, we're performing at the Snake Pit that day. I was just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say what? Yeah, what does the Snake Pit look like for Hamlet? Is it 1977 Snake Pit or 2016 Snake Pit? <laughs> Well, all Nobody's of us will be performing. <laughs> all of us will be performing shirtless in the snake pit that day. So there's so your answer. Be appropriate. Okay, there you go. And there you go. followed by old Calcutta. So and, and hair. There we go. So all right. Anyway, that is yeah. First folio. Did I wait a minute? Did I see that somebody has the name of somebody who won the five hundred to get a discount? Or was that I'm so sorry, yeah, Oh yeah, we, I, I put in if you if, name a uh, winner of the Indianapolis five hundred anytime, and you get a discount. And if you say Mario, you have to sit in the very last row. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, it's, you get to sit in the front, but then about two thirds of the way, you got to go all the way back. <laughs> so pretty much, yeah. we'll give half price on race day because we want to get people. There. Of course. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. All right. So that is happening, yes. May 27th through the 29th, June 3rd through the 5th. Uh, Firstfolioproductions.org for more information. Um, we have a thing uh, we call, of course, Dead People We Like because we don't have time for Dead People We Don't Like. For you movie buffs out there, this is the woman that is the last surviving cast member of Casablanca. French actress Madeleine Lebu, who died uh, May 1st at age 92. She was the one that was, uh, she was 19 when she did Casablanca. God, Humphrey Bogart, 19-year-olds. Uh, but she played Yvonne, the spurned girlfriend of Rick. 
And there's also the great scene where everybody is singing the French national anthem, and there's the great close-up of her with the tear falling as, as she's singing along to that. That's the thing she's best known for. Also worked in films like Young Girls in Trouble, which sounds like a Kentucky Fried movie skit. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Hold Back the Dawn with Olivia de Havilland and Charles Boyer. She also did Gentleman Jim with Errol Flynn. Too old for Errol. Um, Music for Millions from 1944. Paris After Dark from 1943. Cage of Gold from 1950, The Country I Come From in 1956, and, and in 1963 played a French actress, one of the former loves of Marcello Mastroianni in Fellini's Eight and a Half. Wow. So salute to her. Um, I, we got a couple more minutes, but I was thinking of you guys preparing for this. Nothing to do with, with Shakespeare, but you're all actors, and, it's, it's, it, and I don't know if it'll come to Indianapolis, but you can look for it on Video On Demand. But it's a documentary called Elstree 1976, and it's a documentary profiling people who were extras in the first Star Wars film. So a myriad of English and Canadian actors, some are classically trained, some we have male models, we have female models, we have a former bodybuilder, of course, with David Prowse, probably the best known of this group. Um, But but they, they get to tell their story, about 25 minutes of everybody, of how they got started, then it's how they got involved with the film, what they did with the film, and there's a lot, of course, fun still shots of, oh, he's behind Harrison Ford during the coronation scene here. <laughs> they, Of course, they interviewed uh, Boba Fett. They interviewed the guy who played Greedo. Um, they interviewed uh, the guy who said, these, are the droids. these aren't the droids we're looking for. You know, all of those characters that are now, and even though the careers maybe haven't launched as far as they thought, they, they are in the convention circuit. And then they talk <laughs> about the politics of the convention circuit. You know, if you don't say anything, you don't belong there because you are an extra, not an actor. But I think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I think it 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 does it, it's fun that they get to tell their story. This is one of those if you ever saw Twenty Feet from Stardom, yeah, or uh, Standing in the Shadows yeah. of Motown, where the the people in the background who were a vital part of it finally get to tell their story. And this is in that same vein. Well, for the record, Greedo shot first. <laughs> Really? Glad that you said I'm that. sorry. Did, I'm sorry. How much money did Lucas give you? <laughs> no, did you ever see? Speaking of documentaries, you see the People versus George Lucas that documentary. Yes. Yeah. yeah very the, well done. I'm surprised there's not a second one or a third one or a fourth yeah. one. But there are two Trekkies, so that's that's not bad. There you go. Yeah, I have there to ask. Go. Did you mean to say Han shot first? I did mean to say Han okay. shot first. Okay. Thank you for I like that me. you stuck with it though. <laughs> yeah. And he's sticking. Yeah. Double down. <laughs> he's he's saying that ironically. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, okay. I give a shout out to Greedo wherever he is. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun thing. So look for Elstree 1976. Um, yeah, and there's even even discrepancy between people who are who had actual faces in the film, and as one actor described it, people who had tin pots on their heads, oh, yeah. <laughs> depending on the person. So, okay, um, I've just got a couple more minutes. Have you guys seen any films recently? New, old? If you, when you're taking a break from Elsinore Castle? Oh boy. And, or have you seen Strange Brew? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw that in the theater. I was that's, eleven. That's, I made my mom take me to That's not possible, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> there were like it was me, an eleven-year-old girl, and there were two guys who were there in the theater to see it. That was it. You might have been one of them. I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw it opening weekend. The uh, yeah, growing I think up, that was the only weekend it played, at least in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, we were closer to Canada, so it played a couple more oh, okay. weeks. Uh, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, do you guys know Strange Brew? Anybody else? Um, well, you, you know what I know. Yeah. <laughs> Bob and Doug McKenzie with yeah, yeah. Miranda. SLT, yeah, SCTV. Um, you know, so, okay, so I have, I have two of your post-production parties going right now. 
you know, show him Midwinter's Tale and then Strange Brew. There you go. So the reason that he mentioned Strange Brew is it's a very loose interpretation of Hamlet. It's yeah. Elsinore uh, beer, Elsinore and there's Brewery a brother and, and an uncle, yeah. and kind of like Scott oh, and, PA. And it says Hamlet is good. Pamela. Yes, and, and of course I know in your production there's lots of hockey. There is. There is. And oh, actually, yeah. my husband keeps uh, asking me if I want more bean medley, dear. That's how many times we've seen Strange Brew. <laughs> Nobody else will get this, but Matt enjoyed it. So. That's right. Because we, we you know, <laughs> and you if either, my husband listens to this, he'll be like, ah, oh, you mentioned me. So. We either, you know, we, it's one of those kind of Woody Allen, Dennis Miller references. Either you don't get it or it's like a 500 foot home run out of the ballpark. <laughs> We're willing to take those chances here at Film Sociology. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, he, here we go. It's that time of the show, unfortunately, where I have to let you know about some certain words to live by. Silent Green is people! Zardoz has spoken. Once again, Hamlet is happening uh, May 27th through the 29th, June 3rd through the 5th at Ben Davis High School. Firstfolioproductions.org. Guys, thanks for hanging out. Fun family. Good family time. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yep. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. And then go have brunch with your family. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan.